Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. For those of you familiar with Henry Nouwen, he is a wise and kind theologian who is often quoted here at Gather. And you might know that he wrote a book during his life called The Return of the Prodigal Son. And this book was inspired by a painting that haunted him for years in the best way called the same as the title of his book, and this painting was by Rembrandt. The first time Nowen saw it, he was in the middle of really wrestling with who he was supposed to be in the world. Was he supposed to carry on in academia, this distinguished professor that he had become in this world where he had really made a name for himself? Or was he to give it up and spend time with people with mental disabilities at a community called Lark, one of their communities around the world. He continued wrestling with these questions and decided on the latter. So two years passed from the first time he saw that painting, and he was invited on a trip to the Soviet Union, and he knew that was where the real painting resided. And thanks to one of his friends with, con with connections, he was able to go to the museum in St. Petersburg and be escorted straight to the painting in front of all the tourists and just sit in front of the painting and look. He gazed upon this painting for four hours, just moving around the room in different seats as he went just to see the different lighting as it changed within those hours. And it transformed him. And it inspired one of his most beautiful books on love and belonging and coming home, even coming home to yourself. This was that painting. You can see it. And now, before you think I'm stealing Josh's thunder, because he's actually preaching on the parable of the prodigal son next week, and this week I'm preaching on the parable of the Good Samaritan. So I'll change gears. While I don't have quite as transformative of a story as Henry Nowen, I will say that I was stopped in my tracks the first time I saw the painting of the Good Samaritan by Vincent van Gogh. I've been a van Gogh fan for a long time, but when I came across this painting by him for the first time, it, it really got to me, bringing this parable to life in a new way. So let's take a moment to look at that painting while I read the parable to you. See if anything jumps out. An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to vindicate, vindicate himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and took off, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, 
passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came upon him, and when he saw him, he was moved with compassion. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, treating them with oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. For those hearing this story as Jesus was telling it, they would have known exactly where Jesus had set this parable. The road between Jerusalem and Jericho was about 18 miles long and was a major thoroughfare for trading, for military personnel, and for pilgrims who were making their way into Jerusalem as well. But it was also terrain that was rough, that was dry, that was deserted at times, and had many good hiding places. So people were, people were vulnerable to attack, and it happened often. But one of the things that the listeners didn't recognize was this idea that people would simply, simply pass the man by, that especially those of the law of religious law would rebuke their responsibility to care for those in need. And then, an even greater surprise for the listeners was when Jesus talked about the one who stopped, that he was a Samaritan. You see, Samaritans weren't just another people group different than Jews. They were seen as an oppressive, despised group in power over them, even. For generations, Jews had categorized them as other to the point where even in the lawyer's response to Jesus asking him who was a neighbor, he answers the one who showed mercy rather than speaking the name Samaritan. And yet, Jesus describes the Samaritan as someone who must be a well-known and trustworthy person, one who was familiar with this route, known at the nearby inn, deemed trustworthy by the innkeeper to demand an extension on services of credit, and even successful enough to be able to afford oil and wine for medicinal purposes and lodging at an inn for a complete stranger. Now, you may have heard this before, but the listeners are hearing about the Samaritan in a whole new way. But for us, that's probably all we really associate with the word Samaritan. There are good Samaritan laws across the world that even protect people who stop to help others in need. It's a very common, recognized phrase in our society. But if you're like me, you've also been taught over and over how to be that good Samaritan, right? Which makes sense. Learning how to give how to offer help when someone needs it is crucial to humanity. We must return over and over to seeing the divine image of God in every person we encounter, no matter how different they seem. 
But today, I want to offer you an alternative hearing, one a little bit more like those original listeners. Because maybe you need to hear today that it's time to receive help and not just give it. Maybe it's time to look at the trauma that you have endured and name it and accept help, even from the most surprising places. Because all we've really ever been told our lives is to know how to give. And while that is incredibly important, I do think Jesus also wants us to know how to receive. Because when we give, we have power. We have control over what we give and how we give and how much we give. But when we open ourselves up to receive, we relinquish control. We are vulnerable. So sometimes the bravest thing we can do is receive. For me, I would describe myself as someone who is classically trained in the evangelical interpretation of what it means to be a good Samaritan. I have been a good Christian girl all my life. That's like my whole thing. <laughs> I've always been looking for ways to serve. I'm always the first to volunteer, always the most maxed out, the most involved. And now I promise I am not bragging <laughs> because I have been exhausted my whole life. And I thought that was always the right thing. That to be holy was to be self-sacrificing, even self-forgetting always, right? To have no needs means that you are the holiest. But I have also finally learned that when I say yes to things, I actually receive so much more than I could ever hope to give. Because in all of those signing up for things and taking jobs and service and even pursuing a master of social work and a master of divinity, two helping professions, I always did it for how I could pour into other people. I don't know if that language is triggering for people, sorry. But it is a lesson that I must still learn. That even if I sign up out of the motivation to help, I must always be ready to receive because people are ready to offer me help all the time too. I think back on when I was preparing to go on a pilgrim, pil pilgrimage while I was in seminary. And um, it was kind of an expensive trip. We walked from, uh, started in Canterbury, took a ferry to France and walked through France, um, Switzerland and Italy and ended up in Rome. And it was a beautiful, transformative experience. But when I started to prepare to fundraise, I felt weird about it. I felt bad about it because I had a background in, in mission trips, right? And it feels so much easier to ask for money to fundraise for something that I'm going to help the needy with. But then when I started to have to ask people to help fundraise for this pilgrimage, which was just as much of a transformative experience. It just didn't feel quite right. <laughs> but maybe I was the person that needed that transformative experience. Maybe I was the one who needed help in that moment as we 
went on that pilgrimage that was holy in itself. Because it's just not just about the other. It's not just about going to help the poor and needy, but what about someone who actually just needs to stop and receive too, like you, maybe today? Blake and I recently finished the series Ted Lasso. Any, any other fans? Okay, okay, good. <laughs> and it's just an absolutely beautiful TV show. And one of my favorite quotes from it, um, no spoilers if you're still watching or haven't watched yet, is from Higgins, who was a surprising source of wisdom. And he says, Human beings are never going to be perfect, Roy. The best we can do is keep asking for help and accepting it when you can. And if you keep on doing that, you'll always be moving towards better. And that is the, the theme throughout the whole series. Seek help and receive it. Because we are meant to rely on one another. For me, what used to be this core value of self-sacrifice is now a core value of mutuality. In all of our learning how to give, 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 maybe it's time that you learned how to receive. Because while it's always important to be the good Samaritan, sometimes there are seasons of life where you mostly feel like the one that's beaten up on the side of the road. Where you're the one who was purposefully ignored by those from whom you most expected help. You have been the vulnerable one, hurt and even in particular passed by and ignored by those in church leadership who were supposed to stop and help. And I'm so sorry for that. Your trauma and your pain was never meant to be ignored. And I hope you always take the time that you need to heal. And I also hope that you will stay open to be surprised by those who are willing to offer you help. We hope that it is here at Gather where you feel like you have found a place of generosity, one where you can be someone to receive help where you least expect it. And it can be a place where you can give help to, or you can pass along the kindness and gifts and wisdom to others who need it most. Stay open. Because the kingdom of God is this, one that makes no sense, because it asks questions like this, will you love your neighbor? And knowing that your enemy is also your neighbor, will you love them too? And maybe the most incomprehensible part is will you believe that they, that your enemy is capable of loving you? is capable of binding up your wounds, of even going above and beyond when they do it. The kingdom of God is like an enemy who completely by surprise stops to help and even goes above and beyond to heal.
what wondrous love. So this is my prayer for us today, Gather. May we be quick to stop and offer help, to feel it in our guts and act on it when we, when we see someone in need. And may we also know that we are the person on the side of the road without power, completely vulnerable, needing help. May we be just as quick to receive that help no matter who it's from. And let us stay open to the surprising love of God wherever it is. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.